1: Hello and welcome to the Indian Incursion podcast, episode nine. I am the ghost, formerly known as Von Hyde, and as always, I am joined by Josh. And once again, we've got Errol on the podcast. Hello. Uh, I'm.
2: Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) He's very happy
0: to be here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I found it so funny the way you said that. It was just normal, but
0: so excited. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah we're gonna talk about a bunch of indie games today and we're also gonna talk about uh, some amazing just uh, the economy of video games i guess i don't know it's it's weird the video game industry is freaking weird i'm i'm excited to see what happens yeah but you know what i'm more excited to see what you guys have been playing this week so let's start off with josh what have you been playing this week something amazing
2: something amazing uh, so, I've been playing two things. Uh, the first one, right before this podcast, I actually got to check it out. Uh, so, there is a game, the demo just dropped, um, and it is... Oh, what is it called? Uh, she Dreams Elsewhere, I believe it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I got to try it out uh, right before the podcast. It's about, like, 45 minutes or so of gameplay. But it's kind of interesting. So, the, the way it works is... You're basically um, this this woman who, it seems like in her teenage kind of years or after teenage, so to speak. So, you know, after high school, kind of in like your college days. Um, and so she lives in this one apartment and she kind of seems like this person who's always slacking and doesn't really do much. She's kind of, uh, you know, not uh, into social aspects. And so uh, she gets dragged into this one party Uh, and she goes there and there's a lot of this like antisocial and suicidal tendencies that you're seeing and it's basically her talking to herself but it's like this dark kind of image and it kind of reminds me of the way that Celeste had um, their uh, you know evil person inside the game uh, speaking to her saying hey, you should stop doing this. You should stop being in the party. Um, you should go home. You should just end up, and it like kind of cuts itself, but alludes to saying kill yourself. So it's it, it seems like it's going to go into a very dark path, um, which is very interesting. And the, the actual gameplay of it is more of a JRPG. Um, so you, you end up getting stuck in this weird dream world somehow. And it's not explained very well, obviously, since this is just a demo and kind of a teaser, but it has uh, a lot of ties into this just weird, strange, environment where she's stuck in and she's like i'm dreaming but you're not really too sure because her friends show up in it um so there's a lot of just kind of interesting elements to it that I, i i definitely would like to see go further as this you know develops to know what this really is all about um but it does have a lot of elements that i do enjoy such as from a actual RPG mechanic, the element of fighting the way they use uh, battles is not just the standard, you know, just attack block, whatever Um, they have the same turn-based combat that you would get in the game, but it also adds the element that uh, Octopath Traveler had. So whenever you use a certain skill that an enemy is weak to, if you use it a certain amount of times, you'll basically break them and that will cause them to be stunned for a turn. So it, it, adds that element of strategy in there of trying to block out their turn so that you take less damage. So it should be interesting as we go further on to see what this comes into. Um, really fun from just the demo, so to speak. And then the other game I've been playing is For the King, uh, which we talked about a little bit before on an earlier episode. And man, they are like cranking out content because just a few uh, episodes ago we talked about them having a new... Uh, adventure mode well now there's another one that came out that i was trying and it's basically you're on uh ships and you're fighting like the sea king and the kraken um, and they added guns into the game which is like this new element of combat where you basically it's a really strong weapon but you have to reload each turn so it's like you get a really strong attack but then can't really do anything so it's just adding new elements to it new gameplay new content and it's just it's a lot of fun i definitely recommend it
1: yeah, we, um, you like briefly spoke about Celeste. I really enjoy everybody like bringing emotional aspects into games and really like, I, I don't know, just kind of talking about their emotions in general, especially through the medium of games. Um, but speaking about Celeste, that's actually, I, it being like nominated for game of the year, I was like, shit, I have to play this game <laughs> yep. and I, I have it and i was trying to go through it before like initially i bought it right when the game came out so it was like six eight months ago i bought it and i really wanted to play it but i was trying to get all of the uh i was trying to get all of the the strawberries and everything and honestly i'm not a completionist but for some reason i was like i'm gonna do this i ended up making the game so much harder for myself Which I find hilarious because literally, like, in between, uh, basically on their loading screens, you get little postcards. And it's basically just a note from the developer being like, hey, you can do this or you can't do that kind of a thing. It's basically just a tip section like most games give you. Um, But one of them was like, the strawberries are just for added difficulty. Yeah. You do not have to collect them. I just saw that. I was like, god damn it. I knew I didn't have to collect them before, and I also really wanted to play with an arcade fight stick for some reason because I felt like (laughs) D-pads don't give you the range of motion that I really want. Like, diagonals are really annoying on D-pads. I really hate it. But, yeah, I hopped back into Celeste, and I've been kind of shooting through it, and, man, it is such a good game. I... However much I love God of War and really am impressed and really enjoy Red Dead, I honestly I don't agree that it should be counted out for Game of the Year. I think it's like I I don't think it's good enough for it to be nominated. And I'm gonna beat this dead horse until somebody maybe freaking gives it Game of the Year. But I think that game's amazing. Um I'm at the end of the the, like the hotel level. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest pain in my damn ass because you've got the. I, I don't want to like ruin anything, but essentially you're being chased by somebody while oh, also God. trying to perform. Yeah, like platforming, but the platforming sections are so tight, it's so annoying. So I basically just die that, over, and over and over and over and over and over. That actually okay. reminds
0: me of um, the the messenger. The I think it's I think it's like. Maybe the second to last level, the chase it's one, sequence. Yeah, it's one of the I last things. I hate that. Oh my god. I, <laughs> I like that part. It was good. That one was, was I feel like that one like, ramped up difficulty so much more than the previous chase levels that I was like, oh my god. You're yeah, impossible.
2: it was. You had to be pretty much on point with it. Like, if you screwed up one thing, you basically had to restart that. The yeah. Entire thing.
0: I do, um,
1: I also, uh, I, other than Celeste, I've also been, you know, it's like the resurgence of Chasm. I had to pop back into Chasm. Oh, oh, so good, dude. So good. You know what, my game of the year? Just kidding. It's not Celeste. It's Chasm. Uh, just g- get me a physical edition and I'll make that shit happen. I'll just, cry, I'll pay people off. Jeff Keeley's in my pocket. Little did you guys know. Because <laughs> I'm making so much money off this podcast that. <laughs> i'm paying jeff keely and it's uh, yeah but chasm no i really enjoy it i think it's a pretty it's it's a fantastic game the uh, the really big issue i have with it is i honestly feel like the uh the controls at times can just be kind of cumbersome and i swear to god and i feel like it's not input lag and it has nothing to do with me which of course this is how everybody feels but I will click like the jump button or the dodge button and it'll pause for a second and then do it. And I'm like, I swear I'm going to lose my shit on this game because it happens. It it doesn't happen so frequently that it it's like unplayable, but it happens a decent amount. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy Chasm though. I honestly think that it just came out at like kind of a bad time because it came out right when destiny two was getting its, uh, crap. I can't even remember what the DLC is called. The most recent DLC in Destiny Two, it came out Forsaken? right about that time. Like, yeah, Forsaken. I just don't even get me started on Destiny. <laughs> I I used to be a hardcore Destiny fan, and now I'm just annoyed. So, but this is an indie game podcast. So, what have you been playing, Errol? Uh,
0: so I actually I don't know. One of the games I'm not sure I can talk about yet because I know it it doesn't come out until next week, and I.
1: Can't... yeah you can't okay. I'm playing the same game
0: yeah all right so so a game that did come out this week that that I picked up was uh, override mech City brawl and it's um basically a giant robot fighting game but the the interesting thing is you can do like a co-op mode where two to four players each control a separate limb of the mech so I was like, "That's oh, awesome!" This game is like Pacific Rim, and then so, but then, so I, I start the single player campaign, and it go takes you to this headquarters, and like, there's you know this hologram map of Earth, and it's like, yeah, you gotta go here and defend the defend like this thing from the giant monsters called a uh, xenotypes. It's like they're they're kaiju, and I'm just like playing, and I'm like, this this, this is Pacific Rim. <laughs> even the this music literally was like, just was like and i was like oh my god this is pacific rim <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love pacific rim i mean uprising you could say whatever you want but the the first pacific rim fantastic movie i love I really both
0: i'm an outlier with that i like the first and the second one but you
1: also like candy corn though so i don't really i don't know pacific <laughs> rim is better than candy corn <laughs> it's definitely Pacific Rim <laughs> uprising.
2: <laughs> what a what a rating! I'll put that <laughs> on the box.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Errol Moss says it's better than candy corn. They're just like hey, even Pacific Rim uprising is
0: better together? than candy corn, and people hate <laughs> that one. <laughs>
1: It's butthole Errol. That's why people hate it. Just leave it alone. What else have you been playing?
0: <laughs> well, I, I I'm actually still talk, I was still gonna talk a little bit more about override because the only thing that I don't like is that instead of equipping weapons to your mech, you kind of you equip them to be deployed. So you have a main one that can be deployed at any time and then you have three slots for for weapons that can be deployed randomly and you have to run around and like pick them up instead of like, you know, having them on you.
1: That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I guess they were like, Oh, we can't make this a blatant rip off of Pacific room. We have to do something. So now you have to deploy stuff,
0: <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, and you could get like a beam sword and machine gun and stuff. I'm, I'm still like kind of early on in the game, but it's, it's fun. It's, like Pacific Rim, it's a lot of dumb fun. <laughs> but uh
1: Pacific Rim isn't dumb, Arrow.
0: It's so good. I mean it in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> um but and then I played a little bit of uh Mutant Year Zero. And uh Yeah,
1: how is that? We've heard it's it's an interesting take on rabbids.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I'm feeling. Uh I've never really played Rabbids, but I've seen enough gameplay of it to understand how it's familiar. And, um, I got to actually see this game at GDC. I got to preview it and I was, and I wasn't into strategy games at the time, except for into the breach, which is coincidentally also a lot like Pacific Rim, but (laughs)
1: starting to sense a pattern here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I was like, Oh my God, this strategy game looks awesome. And like, I had barely any interest in strategy games before. So I, I decided to, i only played like the first like maybe the opening and it kind of combine. it combines um you know the exploration of mario and rabbits with the strategy encounters and then a little bit of stealth because if you're uh i forgot what the i think it's like the the surrounding so your your headquarters is called the ark and the surrounding area is called the zone and you're a team of stalkers that goes into the zone to like pick up scrap and valuable items and stuff. So, but there are like these weird humanoid mutant things trying to kill you. And the, some and it's not like oh there's this level and then there's it's like you'll be sent you'll be tasked with going to an area, and in that area there will be uh crap I forgot what the oh I think they're called ghouls yeah <laughs> so these mutant things called ghouls the um they won't be at like a they won't always be the same level as you so if you if you run into some that are a higher level than you you can either choose to fight them either get your ass kicked or like try really hard not to and get better items or you can use stealth to sneak around them and keep doing whatever you're doing
1: that's pretty cool i honestly hadn't uh i don't play much just tactical games in general so but uh Mutineer zero sounds really cool last week when we had jake decker on the podcast he he spoke about yeah,
0: it Yeah, i i listened it's to that pretty interesting. i wish i had been there
1: <laughs> uh, yeah isn't it kind of weird so uh you said you listened to that i like started to like listen to the podcast which is weird it's basically just listening to to myself and josh talk for like hours on end oh i started listening there, to easier it. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> everyone says listening to your own voice is really annoying. I In my head, my voice sounds so much different than what it actually sounds like. Oh, yeah, like. yeah, that's yeah a- I feel that. So, yeah, most people have the issue with that, but it makes me think that I'm not the one talking. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not too I mean, about I've it. had problems but, with
0: my voice for years. So, I mean, like problems with me not liking how it sounds. It's not oh, like gotcha, actual vocal okay. problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't have a hardcore stutter that you guys just aren't seeing or anything. But yeah, I started listening to the podcast, uh, and it's just kind of a weird experience to hear like yourself talk for hours on end. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's odd altogether. Gotta get used uh, to it, uh, speaking, <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope I've got to get used to it. <laughs> Freaking listen to my podcast, damn it! Freaking gosh. Oh, it is also on uh, Google Play, like Google Music now, so you guys can uh, Google Play Music, whatever the fuck these things are called. Now they have a podcast app. It's How all you weird. Kids
2: do these days. Uh,
1: yeah, w- whatever the little kiddies do. Nope, I'm not gonna do that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also on Google Play Music. Uh, and you guys can check it out, subscribe to it, uh, leave us a review, rating, whatever. Apparently, it helps with algorithms. Algorithms just really listen to it in general. Uh. Because that would be cool. Thank you very much. Um, but talking about just discovery in general, it's time to move on to our uh, first news story of the day. What so, if a great you guys didn't segue. know, I'm so good it's at segues. Better. It's, it's ridiculous. Better, Pretty I'm actually d- kind of trying. <laughs> uh, so, if you guys didn't know how this podcast works, we initially talk about what we were playing that day or that week, uh, especially if it's an indie game. Because this is an indie weekly indie game podcast. Then we move into our news stories. Uh, then we've got new stuff and indie game release schedule. And then um, from now on, I'm going to be asking you guys a weird question. So last week, I asked you guys, uh, or Jake Decker and Josh, um, what your weirdest fear was. And that was an interesting conversation. I never, I had never anticipated some people would be that afraid of certain things. I mean, it made my weird fear of lake and sea monsters a little bit better. I, I feel a little (laughs) bit better about it. Uh, But our first news story of today, uh, since we're moving into that, is uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, because they're (laughs) just murdering creepy ass like sea monsters. That's exactly right. Uh, Valve now rewards successful games with a larger cut of Steam revenue. Uh, so Valve announced, uh, so it used to take only 30%, um, leaving the 70% for the game developers, and this has been a point of contention among developers because they felt like they didn't do enough to receive such a large cut, because um, mainly from what I understand is they literally are just the place where you buy their games, and it's also the finding indie games and finding games through the steam store is actually kind of hard to do. Um it's just overcrowded in general. Uh but Valve has officially announced that there're going to be certain mile- sales milestones that you can shoot for where they actually take lower cuts, but this is a big issue and the reason we're talking about it on our indie games podcast is cuz it's a big issue for smaller creators because they're requiring you to essentially, uh, starting on a certain date, it says starting from October 1st, 2018, um, so I'm assuming that's the actual date, but yeah, I'm just gonna assume October 1st, 2018, that's when it happened, uh, it says, i.e. revenues prior to that date are not included, uh, when a game makes over 10 million on Steam, the revenue share for the application for the application will adjust to 75% for the developer and 25% for Steam on earnings beyond $10 million. Uh, Valve wrote on a, in an official blog post, at $50 million, the revenue share will adjust to 80% to the developer and 20% on earnings beyond 50%. Uh, revenue includes game packages, DLC, in-game sales, community marketplace, game fees, um, and their, their hope is that this is... Uh, I mean, really, they say their hope is to do some weird shit, uh, but everyone's reading into this and being like, hey, lots of people are kind of doing their own thing. They're, they're, I mean, another news story that's going to come up right after this kind of proves that, but Discord has made their own uh, game service. Um, you've got GOG, you've got Humble Bundle, you've got all sorts of different services. Uh, ea not origins ea access i believe is what it's called uh and bethesda just recently however shitty apparently their store is with the fallout 76 debacle um everybody's releasing their own stores and people see this as a way that steam is kind of trying to keep them on their platform they're like hey we'll give you more money um like after you sell a certain amount of copies so but it's a big issue for indie developers because no matter what uh it's unless you like really blow up which like we talked about with Greg Lobanov on our interview with him you guys can check that out um it's it's a good interview i really liked it i enjoyed talking to him but shameless he spoke plug. about yeah right <laughs> so good at shameless plugs and uh transitions but he talked about how he and I actually didn't even know this. He's made several games, but your game blowing up, especially for an indie game, it's not common. It's it's not something that happens consistently. Like um, Toby Fox, the creator of Undertale, people are like, "Oh yeah, he's not he's not sweating this. Like he's obviously making money on this." Um, I imagine yeah, he's he sold ten million dollars on Steam easily with Undertale, um, but. Most indie game developers are not. They're they're not reaching these heights. So, I don't know. How how do you guys feel that this is going to shake out? Um, I mean, obviously, after our next news story, the the public or our listeners are going to know a little bit more if they didn't know already. But how do you guys feel about this weird percentage gap or them increasing it depending on amount of money?
2: So I think, especially from like an indie game perspective, uh, specifically. The fact that you you mentioned Wonder Song and like that blowing up like even even that our consideration of blowing up I'm pretty damn sure they still haven't hit that 10 million mark for Steam um or potentially even throughout the games collectively uh so even that would not hit anything for Steam's you know. Uh, amount decreased from the percentage and i feel like that's the case with just about any indie game that comes out here there's going to be your one or your two but like 10 million 50 million dollars is a lot like that's a lot of money that's that's a lot of copies of games that have to be sold before they even see any potential decrease of that price which 30 percent going to 25 percent is you know it's it's a good amount that five percent could mean a lot in the case of talking about 10 million dollars but like that's still a big chunk for what (laughs) steam is doing especially if steam is just literally hosting it there like in general they're not going to do much as far as like a marketing stance on it so really that's a big percentage to have them just hold it and i think it's good that other Markets are opening because the reason why it's been 30% and they've gotten away with it is because it's just a monopoly on the system. Uh, that being said, I am a little upset just because if this is the state where it's going to multiple locations, it kind of sucks because I like having my Steam library as a consumer. It's convenient for me, but with the downset of you know the indie developers not being able to make it, I would. Choose a different one knowing that they're going to get more profit for this, and potentially, if I like this game, that they're going to make a second one or continue development on it if they have those funds.
1: I'm wondering if, uh, sorry, I'm going to ask you your opinion on this in just a second, Arrow, but I, I thought about it right after Josh started talking. Um, so, there's this thing that's a consistent, like, it's happening consistently or we're hearing it consistently from indie devs is that their games are selling a lot more on the Nintendo switch than they are on pretty much any other platform yeah. um mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's making me especially after this news it's making me wonder most indie games they come to steam first and then they they'll come to like other platforms or they'll come to steam in like one platform like wonder song came to steam and switch um but it's it's making me wonder if I, I don't know what big of a like how big of a cut Nintendo takes um but if they're selling so much more on the Nintendo Switch it you have to wonder if games are going to start like coming on Nintendo Switch it's going to be the staple for indie games whereas PC was before but I also don't know what kind of hurdles you have to jump over and and I understand that games are a lot easier um to develop for for the PC than they are for some consoles, but yeah, how do you feel about this in general, Errol?
0: Um. So I mean, it it definitely sucks for indie games, but to your point, I've been noticing that too about um the Nintendo Switch thing and how more and more games are like being releasing on PC and Switch rather than just PC or you know, doing PC first and then doing stuff later. Although that still happens, as we saw with like Into the Breach and stuff. But that's 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 probably a bad example because that's a really successful indie. But
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's also that the switch is relatively new. The hardware is yeah. you know only two years. This could be a, a gap or at least a jump where indie games go. More towards being like, all right, well, I'm just gonna put my stuff on the switch first, or so, you know, it'll come yeah, at the same
0: they might be be going on console first rather than PC first.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a market for there. Uh, at least
0: it's I, becoming more. I mean, popular anyway. I I'm kind of, in a way, I kind of think that's that's a good thing, just because I mean, I'm not primarily a PC gamer, and I only. I only play stuff on PC if I absolutely have to, because I just have a... My laptop is not really for gaming, but indie games luckily work most of the time. Um, (laughs) But, like, I feel like I know a lot more people who play games on console, so they'd be more likely to be aware of more indie games if they launch on console first.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I'm... I'm definitely from a cel- This is a selfish point of view, but I hope that this uh, kind of I I, I don't want to say forces developers to come to Switch, uh, like right off the bat, kind of a thing. But yeah, I hope it forces them too, because I want to <laughs> play games on my Nintendo Switch. I I have my Nintendo Switch, and I I use it not. I mean, my PS4 is my main system, um, which. Indie games generally, like, a year after come to PS4, so it takes a while, especially with people like me who want physical copies, but I always double-dip. It's an issue with me. I've got so many games over and over again.
2: I will say, uh, one of the things, you know, you're very excited for it to obviously come to Switch or to consoles. Uh, One thing to think about, though, a caveat on that, as a person who does play PC games a lot and a person who plays a lot of, like, weird indies is... You're going to find that if that's the jump and it goes more towards, all right, well, we're not going to put out as much for PC. We're going to go first to console. You're going to find a lot of trash games. Like, if you look through Steam or you look through other areas, there's a lot of games that don't make it because they just would never make it. Like, there's there's a a trash heap out there. Not that I'm saying that all the games out there are, but there's so much out there that really, like, especially on Steam, uh,
0: steam that is just oh. like terrible there's already like a bunch of trash on on switch too
1: i know and i I'm, was yeah, I'm like you're saying that like it doesn't already happen yeah
2: well yeah. that's what i'm saying though is think about how it is now and think about like what's on pc like there is just an enormous amount of garbage
0: who is approving these
1: yeah right i mean discoverability is already kind of an issue on consoles and they have probably like a tenth of the library that pc does Because games always come to PC and it's generally like, if they make money, they'll come to consoles. But if it doesn't make money on Steam, then it's like, oh, cool, well, we're just not going to worry about it. Um, But to expand on this topic, we are going to go to our next news story. This is Epic Games announces store launch, 88% of revenue share with developers. Um, So they announced on Tuesday... um, yeah, Epic Games announced Tuesday the launch of their new online store, which will have an eighty-eight to twelve percent split with developers. I think the coolest part about this is though um, that actually an added like caveat to them basically taking only 12 percent of revenue is that they also epic also stated that they will not take any profit they will not take a profit from any games made with the unreal engine which if you guys don't know epic is the uh developer of the unreal engine but i find that awesome um there there's a bunch more to this news story um but those are kind of the two big points that i wanted to talk about when it comes to indies is that Uh, We did just obviously have a conversation about games coming to the Nintendo Switch possibly as a backup, but also you have to wonder how many people um, are going to develop their games for – like you always see – I've talked about it several times like uh, in God Bless the Crowd – how it says it's going to come to, like, uh, like Mac, Linux, and, uh, like, Windows PC, or they, like, immediately advertise a Steam page and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if indie games were going to, once this Epic Games, like, uh, store actually launches, if we're going to, I wouldn't say no longer see, like, a Steam page link. But if it's just going to be, like, immediately developers switching over and they're like, yeah, if you go to the Epic Store, I mean, once this gets up and running, because there's like definitely some some caveats to it like uh uh games developed with any game engine are allowed on the store but the first releases uh will include unreal unity and others um so yeah it's it's I'm interested to see if a lot of developers flock, like where they go, kind of a thing. If if they're not only on Steam anymore, because like you said, it's monopoly, or if they're going to start moving to Epic Store now, or they're going to like uh, go a little bit more toward uh, GOG, or if they're gonna start coming to Nintendo Switch more. But yeah, it's it's nice to see people like getting a little bit more money.
2: Yeah, and I don't think like this is gonna obviously hit Steam in a way that won't really be noticed for probably a few years. Um, I don't think, you know, they have to worry about anything that these other competitors are coming out there. They they need to worry, but it's not like the end of the world for Steam. Steam is so big and it has such a renowned, you know, status that I don't think they're going to just fall off the face of the earth. But oh, I do not. Yeah. But I do <laughs> like this because it, it really puts more of a competition in a market that really didn't have Enough. So I'm, I'm interested to see what um, their response being steam uh, to this would be. So, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to change their percentage rate based on this? Are they going to hold, you know, a stance on that's what it is, or maybe they'll do something different to try and promote those indie games. Maybe they'll do some type of way that they're, you know, having a better marketing pitch for them or a better way that they're discovered rather than changing the percentages i don't know what that's going to be but obviously they need to think of something um i think long term but short term they're obviously they're steam they're not going anywhere Uh,
0: or with more competition maybe it'll encourage them to actually you know look at what they're doing for once Mm, probably not
1: you know what i'm kind of wondering that i just thought about you gotta wonder how many people out there are crossing their fingers that uh, valve starts losing a lot of money because of this and starts making games again oh that's true they're like maybe they'll lose enough money to where we'll actually get half life three
2: no i as much as i'd love to see (laughs) that yeah (laughs) as much as i'd love to see that i feel like there's so much hype around it that no matter what they produce even if it's like the greatest game on the planet it'll be dog like dog trash
1: (laughs) yeah there's not people are gonna have their hopes too high but yeah i I actually hadn't even thought about that angle like if there have to be people out there who are actually crossing their fingers that like Valve is going to lose some money because they want them to develop more games because I think it's it's been quite a while since like I think it was Left 4 Dead 2 was the last game they released other than Artifact is the most recent one I'm not obviously that's not a fact I'm just saying I think that's no, what it is artifact. but
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... but i um, <laughs> Okay, guys, I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) The Not Trio is back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely kind of one of those people under the table crossing my fingers hoping they lose some money so they make games again.
0: (laughs) I would just hope that they can actually... I would hope that they do some stuff to, you know, just improve Steam because there are plenty of problems that users have been complaining about for what feels like forever (laughs) it's a long time and like nobody says anything and it's like okay but if you don't improve people are gonna like there are gonna be people who go somewhere else yeah it's not gonna be the end of the world for you because everybody's still buying stuff on steam but you're still losing money
1: i will say to to steam and and valve's benefit the i think steam has the best like achievement uh, uh, like their their achievement system is really cool. Yeah. So PlayStation obviously has trophies. Microsoft has uh, just they're literally achievements. Uh-huh. Um, and you like get points and stuff like that. But Steam does cards. Yeah, and the cards are really fucking cool, and you can yeah, also like sell that. them. Yeah, it's, it's so much cooler. And I've honestly, I've thought about buying more games on Steam because I was like, shit, those cards are so awesome. And like I, I just love the fact that there's like an entire economy based on them. Like you can purchase cards and you can sell cards and actually use that currency. I think that's really awesome. That's, so yeah, that's one <laughs> thing I really enjoy about Steam.
2: That's so funny hearing you say that just because like as a person who uses Steam and plays games on that, medium constantly i hate those cards because i'm always like "Oh, <laughs> another one of these stupid things like get out of here it always They're every so time cool. every time no every time you play a game it always pops up in your inbox and i'm always like what the hell
0: is this stupid thing and i'm like "Oh, these freaking cards again i'm kind of indifferent See, to it i'm just like oh look at that okay <laughs> yeah i uh
1: i feel like my obsession with physical media is because i really like cover art and And uh, the the reason that I like these cards so much is because when an achievement pops or when you get a trophy, it's just like, oh, cool, I got a bronze trophy. And the icon is just a bronze trophy. Or with some games on on PlayStation 4, it'll have a picture of when you completed that task. But on Steam, it gives you a cool little picture of, like, it's, like, an interesting, like, I was playing uh, Starbound a while ago. And, uh, like, the the cards you get from that are just, like, little aliens. I thought that was really cute. I was like, yes! This is awesome! <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's where my obsession truly lies, is in cover art.
2: <laughs> also, so this for is our... really big. Oh, hey, no. good cover Go art is good.
1: What's really big?
2: I was going to say, this is a really big tangent, but, like, come on, Switch. Where are your achievements? You're the only platform who doesn't do it. And I okay, freaking want but, it so
0: bad. But, counterpoint... Trophies
1: and achievements don't matter. Yeah, that is a good point. But it's like once it came out, everybody was so excited about them. Once everything happened, like when PlayStation announced trophies and everything, yeah, to some people they don't matter, but to other people, it's a big fucking deal. People (laughs) really like trophies. Yeah, (laughs) like the fact that people will buy a dollar game because it's like a 30-minute platinum or whatever... One, I feel like, yeah, that's a waste of time. I'm definitely in Gary Whitta's camp where he's like, but, (laughs) like, is it worth it? Like, does it matter? You have to play the
0: shit game. Here's the thing that I'm mad about. So, on PS2 on PS4, a couple games have platinum. Bully has a platinum. But a game that I've almost 100%ed, War of the Monsters, it does not have a platinum. And they've yeah, I re-released this game twice. <laughs> and and what what got why are you re-releasing it if you're not gonna give it give it a platinum trophy, huh? But Errol. Yeah, that, they, that's they
1: don't like, matter. Like, why
0: are you so salty? Yeah, that's yeah no, that's why I say they don't kind matter. Funny. Because because War of the Monsters doesn't have one. Therefore they don't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, all right. Specifically, go, War of the Monsters.
0: I'll go contact no, but,
2: them but, and have them put a platinum in there. Just also, so I change your mind.
0: There was a well. To be honest, with a Game we can't talk about. I am um re- one trophy away from platinuming it. Really? Yeah.
1: I'll have to talk to you a little bit more about this after. I
2: wish podcast, I knew what we were
0: talking about. It's We'll, we'll, my we'll issue. tell you later.
2: Yeah. We'll <laughs> tell you when you're older. <laughs> uh, By a couple so, minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> by a
1: couple of minutes uh so on to our next story this is over on polygon stardew valley developer splits with publisher and strikes out on his own however much i hate the pickaxe animations in stardew valley i have to give it to him uh he like concerned ape is what people know him as uh, but his name is eric baron 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 whatever uh concerned ape let's go with that he basically has uh he he's Cut ties with uh chucklefish and he's he's going out on his own he's going to start publishing his own games um he's going to be in charge of all but the switch and mobile versions from what I understand of stardew Valley this, i mean it's not necessarily like a massive story I just think that's really cool apparently the split was like amicable, so they just kind of like he i guess uh when the game originally came out he didn't really know anything about it and uh chucklefish really helped him out with the console ports and translation of the game which when we talked to greg Lobanov, he uh was having difficulties i guess with the translation of wondersong into uh into different languages so i think it's really cool that he now has the uh the the tools at his disposal to that he thinks like i'm assuming he definitely like he's he thinks he can do this, which is cool. <laughs> he, he has the confidence in his ability to publish his games, I guess.
2: I mean, we talk about this guy a lot. <laughs> the Stardew yeah, Valley, it's kind of weird. The thing has come <laughs> up so much on our podcast. He's, he's everywhere in the news. He's on every platform, he's doing it all himself. I mean, good for him. And like you said, it's really cool that for Chucklefish, they were just like, yep, you got it, dude. Like, you to man. You <laughs> can just walk away. <laughs> like that's the weirdest. I mean, at least
1: business, we're hoping
0: it's that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Well, because they're they're still working on the others, right? I mean, yeah. Like it's not like it's not like something happened where all ties were cut off. It was just like, yep, I'm gonna take it from Wait, here, guys.
0: But I'm kind of confused. So wasn't he working on? I can't remember if that was a was that the same developer? he's also working on the like the the Harry Potter what? one. Not Harry Potter, but yeah. What the fuck? The like the yeah the spellbound. Wizard one. Yeah, the, the spellbound or or I forgot which name. It was spellbound or it was something else. It was. I would well, tell you they, right now. I have no idea.
2: They <laughs> called it spellbound as like a internal thing, which stuck, and but then it was actually. The, um, uh, I can't remember. I forgot
0: actually, the actual name because spellbound yeah. was a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up right now. Don't you guys hate when like the the like working name pairs out better than the actual title, like the <laughs> like how like back in the the Wii was gonna be the Nintendo Revolution, so half of the Wii games are like blah 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 Revolution. <laughs> like,
1: whoops. Ninety percent of everything, the name is way cool. Like their initial, their code name is way cooler than the actual thing. Like Xbox Scarlet, it's definitely not gonna be called that, but that's a cool name. It's gonna be like. Xbox 1 diddly. You know like that's a oh, Xbox 1
0: diddly. Xbox 1
2: they I would buy it if they named it that. What a what a great name. I I'd, I'd be all over that diddly box. Um, God damn it. Or the <laughs> It's Pro- Project it's called... Octopath Traveler? <laughs> it's called uh it's called Witchbrook by the way. That's
0: what it was. I knew it was witch something. I, and I was going to say Witchfire cuz you know Game Awards is tomorrow and that was last year around this time and I'm like that's not it. <laughs> that's completely different
1: I definitely think Spellbound was a cooler name <laughs> I mean Witchbrook is an interesting name but Spellbound is definitely yeah a
0: Spellbound name. is better. no he was worried on that okay. and East Eastward
2: hmm. god damn it so <laughs> I don't see any change to Chucklefish being a part of Witchbrook but uh but I guess he just wanted to do I mean Stardew Valley is pretty like uh, set as it is so i feel like it's an easier project to to start publishing after like it's already made its way like so maybe he just wants to get some experience to start doing this for like future titles maybe
0: i don't know who knows
1: that's
2: very true oh that's he a different
0: developer probably. okay eastward is a it <laughs> is a different developer but it's, it's chucklefish though
1: So on to our next story. We are heading over to Polygon. Uh, This is PlayStation Plus games for December include Soma and Onrush. Um, These are for those two are for PS4. There's, of course, uh, some for PS Vita. And I believe there's, yeah, they're still doing some for PS3. I think through like the end of this year or something. I know they announced that they're going to stop doing PlayStation Plus free games for PS3, which I'm not okay with. But um,
0: they're still doing that. Yeah, so, right? I was annoyed by, by something the other day that I talked to you guys about earlier. The, so, usually, I can find, the v, if the Vita games are cross-by with PS4, I can find them on, on the PS4 PlayStation Store just fine. So, I thought Iconoclast would be up there, and it was not up there. And yeah, it's still I definitely thought that was
1: weird, too. Yeah, I went on there, and normally... So, recently, they've been giving you, like, two VR titles... And on top of the games uh, that you would get just normally. So when you go to like the PlayStation 4 marketplace and go to PlayStation Plus, you'd see like four titles or or basically just more than the two that's normally advertised. And that was really cool because I was like, sweet, I'm just beefing up my library for when I get like a PlayStation VR or when I pick up a Vita again or just all this stuff. But yeah, I noticed that too. After you said that, I went on to the PlayStation Plus and all that was there was Soma and Onrush. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I really want to play Iconoclast. I just, I've heard it's really good. I just
0: got it from the website and not, like started downloading it.
1: Yeah, that's what I normally do. Um it's I it's so much easier to just do it on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. But if you guys have like PlayStation consoles and everything and you have PlayStation Plus, I would absolutely recommend um going on the website and just adding them to your library from there cuz you could do all the consoles from there and then yeah, you're just beefing up your library for if you ever get these consoles. Like if I once I get a Vita again, let alone the physical Vita cartridges I have, I'll be able to play on it. <laughs> but, um, yes, I have games for consoles I don't have. But um, let alone those, I'll also have, like, a massive, like, backlog of other, like, indie games and such that I've got from PlayStation
2: Plus. Hold, but hold on, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you ever have a Vita, or are you just buying yes. physical release? Okay, I was like, you have a problem. No. So <laughs> you're no, like, I'm, just, I did. I'm just creating this catalog of games. So one day, when I actually have a Vita, I'll be able to play it.
1: I do that though. I I've never had. A I Wii. did that for. I, I have Wii games.
0: I did that for <laughs> Switch uh, with, well, just with Zelda. <laughs>
1: That just makes sense, though. Like you gotta have that. Uh, but no, I I did have a Vita, and then I realized all the games I was buying and playing on my Vita were actually cross-buy, and I was like, I could just play this on my PS4. Why? <laughs> and then of course, after I sell my Vita, I'm like, fuck. Now I can't play Persona like uh, Persona Four Golden, and I can't play like Freedom Wars. I can't play all these games that everybody says is amazing. All these games that they say are amazing. Unless I want to get a PlayStation TV, which I'm not going to do that. That's just annoying. <laughs> I'd rather have a PlayStation Vita. Uh, but, of course, there's not just Soma and Onrush that you can get. Um, on PlayStation, three subscribers will have access to two games. Side-scrolling, up, up uh, roguelike, Sturden. Yeah, I'm going to say that's Sturden. Sturden and the visual novel Steingate. Steinsgate.
0: Ugh. I hear Steinsgate I- is very good. Yeah, it's a weird anime. Only.
1: I've I've watched the anime of Steins Gate, and I've still watched some of it. It's really weird. It's good uh, if you yeah. like
0: stuff like Zero Escape. Uh, maybe Danganronpa, but I uh, that might be a bit of a stretch. Um, I only say that because I know in the mobile game, the creator of Zero Escape, Kotaro Uchikoshi, wrote one of the scenarios. So. Hmm.
1: That's kind of interesting.
0: I'm always um, interesting in stuff he does, <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if you do have a
1: PlayStation Vita and you're not like me and just have a gigantic backlog for a console, you don't have uh, on PlayStation Vita the color for action platformer iconoclasts, like you said, um, and the political yeah, that's political uh, adventure game Papers Please uh, will both be free with PlayStation Plus on the PS Vita. Of course, I would definitely recommend going onto their website to add these on there because it's much easier. Um, yeah, the the guy who made Papers, Please re- recently put out uh, the Return of Obra Din, and apparently it's a pretty decent game. I'm I actually might check it out now after we had the conversation with Jake Decker. I feel weird that I keep saying his full name.
0: I keep saying <laughs> I saw, Jake Decker. <laughs> I, I I I saw my friend uh, my friend Mary Kish who also does stuff at Gamespot. Uh, <laughs> coincidentally uh, play it for a little bit it looked pretty interesting like a murder mystery type game
1: yeah and supposedly you go back in time to try to find out i mean you have a stopwatch that allows you to see back in time to where they died and you just piece together how these people died i think that's pretty cool that's uh, it's kind of a weird concept and i'm glad that you don't have to stick with those macintosh graphics apparently so that's pretty sweet Maybe uh but for a uh yeah, that's what Jake said. Is that you could change the graphic setting?
2: Oh, I don't remember that. Why don't I remember that?
1: Jeez, weren't you, you even listening? It's probably guess, because it you didn't say anything and then went by at three thousand miles a second.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I don't remember that part. I I just every time I think about that game, I'm just like, nope, hurts my eyes. Don't want to play it. Just, yeah, I love that. That was then. your
1: first question. You're like, does it make your eyes hurt?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, think it's a valid question. It reminds me.
1: That's a definitely a valid question. (laughs) So for our next, uh, for our next news story, we're over on Game Informer. This is Shantae developer WayForward supporting Bloodstained Development, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the Castlevania-inspired platformer from Koji Igarashi. Uh, the mind behind Castlevania: Symphony of the Night announced that a new development partner today, way forward the studio behind the Shantae series of games, as well as uh, 2013's Ducktales remastered, among other quality 2D platforms, is assisting with development. I think that's pretty awesome. Um, I've been wanting to, to check out the Shanti game. Uh, Shante, Shanti? I'm pretty sure it's Shantae. Um, I've been wanting to check them out ever since Half-Genie Hero came out, and they put it out physically on the Vita, and I thought it looked really cool. You could, like, turn her into this weird-ass crab, and I thought that was odd. But, uh, yeah, I'm really glad to hear that uh, they're actually, like, kind of uh, eliciting help with... Bloodstained Curse of the Moon or sorry Bloodstained Ritual of the Night not Curse of the Moon. That's the the 2D Castlevania S game that came out this year. Um did you guys are you guys waiting for Bloodstained or you yes. just all good with Curse of the Moon?
2: Uh so I definitely want it. Uh, I'm pretty pretty big on like Metroidvania type games and I think this is going to hopefully do uh, the series Justice. Um, and I'm super excited that this developer is joining because um, I've only played one of the Shantae, uh, Shant- Shantae games, the one uh, Shantae and the Pirate Curse, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, but specifically for, like, the DuckTales one, god, that was such a good game. The the remastered edition. And, like, th- one of the things about playing both those two games is from, like, a Theme perspective it doesn't make any sense like the, the, those games are totally different in comparison to a Castlevania type but Jesus the platforming of it is very good and I can't wait for them to like mold those two worlds together because I think it's going to be amazing I'm definitely interested to see where it goes um and I think if they're you know getting help from anyone this is definitely a good team
0: or developer to find that from
1: have you played any of the Shantae games Arrow?
0: I have not but I know way forward does some uh, really good work I know they did uh the mummy demastered which is one of the one of those games where it's based on a movie that isn't so great but the game somehow turned out awesome and that's weird well you know it's, uh, it it doesn't me. happen that often yeah, yeah. especially these days because you don't really get licensed movie games unless they're just a mobile tie-in or something. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to... I think it'll only help with... Because I know like Ritual of the Night has been delayed a few times, I'm pretty sure. So, I think it'll only help.
2: Well, I mean, granted, bringing someone in last minute can often
0: delay That's something even too. more. So, yeah. I don't know about that, but... I mean, I mean, but... I don't know. I feel like now that they have the help, maybe it'll be an easier process for them. I don't know. Yeah, it depends. I mean, it, it could go either way. We'll see. But...
1: So, uh, for our next story, we are heading over to Rock Paper Shotgun. I found that such. I love that name so much. I. Just, it's so good. Um. Yeah, I. I don't know why. Uh, this is. Rock Paper is... Super Saiyan. <laughs> Is uh, this
0: is future
1: sports ball. <laughs> moba Steel Circus announces taking alpha signups. Um, so I I don't know anything about Steel Circus. um I literally like just checked out the close alpha teaser and I was like, this doesn't look like traditional mobas. It looks a lot more like Rocket League than it looks like a moba. um It looks like just kind of a weird like sports esque. It's like a soccer game, but you play with your hands kind of a thing like it looks weird but I'm assuming one of you really thought it was cool
2: (laughs) I did I added it so I've played a lot of MOBAs um just from back in the day like I've played Dota 2 I've played League of Legends played Heroes of the Storm but I think this is such a neat like I love the MOBA style play I guess not really MOBAs though, so I think this this brings a good element of it of having that top down of having the different abilities. Like I, I just think it's interesting, and I've always kind of thought about that, especially when you think of like esports, like watching esports from like for like Le- uh, League of Legends or like a MOBA based there's no, like, score back and forth. It's not like you can watch, like, another game, like hockey or, like, basketball or football. And you're like, oh, the score is going up. It's going, blah, you know, back and forth. Like, there's obviously different ways. But I just thought that this might be an interesting, like, eventually, if it does actually turn out good, a- an interesting esports kind of watching. Uh, something, something just different, I guess, from a MOBA aspect.
1: Yeah, it's less of the, like, I don't know. The MOBAs, I've kind of found them boring which is kind of a bad thing. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a bad thing to say about MOBAs. I don't know. I've just never found them, like, really interesting, and I've always hated the fact that it deleted your progress um, because I've always felt, like, in combat-oriented games, progress was such a big deal, which, of course, there's, like, roguelikes and roguelites, so that's a thing. But I don't know why. It's, like, uh, sports games kind of get a pass for me where it's kind of, it's just about the fun of the game. It's not necessarily about what I'm getting from it. So yeah, I definitely agree with you that it would be cool if this game got like a lot behind it and ended up becoming like a big deal. I I don't know. We talked about like getting big before blowing up. I I definitely hope um, that this game gets a little bit more recognition because it does look really cool. I, yeah, I, I definitely like, Share your sentiment that this would be an awesome game. Are you like an esports fan at all, Errol? You just like I don't care about this game, Steel Circus, whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, eh, good for people <laughs> who like that. I tried, I've tried MOBAs, and I'm just not, not about them. Except for there was one. I don't know if it's exactly a MOBA. What what is Smite considered a MOBA?
2: It's a MOBA. Yes, Smite is a MOBA. It's just it's first like person.
0: Yeah. So I kind of liked what I played of that, but probably because it was a bit different. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm just not really into them.
1: Yeah, I played League of Legends for five minutes, and my friend was a dick to me, so I never played again. <laughs> Everyone
0: in that community is
2: pretty bad. It's Yeah, they're
1: all kind of mean.
2: Yeah, MOBAs are not... League of just, jerks. They're not good for <laughs> newbies. Like, MOBAs just never
0: are good for people starting off.
1: That's true. It's a very competitive genre. It's kind
0: I of do remember... My friend was like telling me about it and how this rhythm game helps you practice League of Legends or something. Probably for
2: like last hitting farm and shit like that. It, it
0: was like this clicking thing and it was like doing this crazy stuff and I was like huh. <laughs> like, That's <such laughs> Yeah, a- my
1: friend uh, my roommate and my best friend are obsessed with or they were obsessed with Paragon and yeah, that turned <laughs> out very well. Apparently like there's boss. a yeah there's there's like three to six i think different indie teams supposedly that are working on uh possibly bringing paragon back since uh epic released the assets mm-hmm. into the unreal engine so i don't know maybe we'll be one day reporting on an indie release of paragon which would be
0: really cool sponsored by Paralyzed. <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> yeah we wish
1: sponsored by john's <laughs> obsession Yay. <laughs> So, I think it's about time to move on to our uh, kind of really rotating game segment or just a segment in general. We got new stuff. Um, so, this is where we tell you about all the new stuff, the news stories that we don't have a whole lot to talk about. But I guess this is kind of like, I feel weird saying this. This is kind of like the trash pile where we just throw oh, things I don't, know about, I don't know
2: about that. We're not
1: going to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> let's be real these are news stories that are kind of inconsequential you're just like ah cool or things we already knew about let's go with that it's it's thing we already knew about but generally it's trailers (laughs) so in uh new stuff we've got guacamelee 2 get switch and xbox one release dates the switch like we talked about uh on our last episode is coming out december 10th and the xbox one is coming in january 2019 I really hate that this article says gets release dates and then it's like, nah, it gets a release time frame on the Xbox One. Thank you very much. It is not a release date. January is there's, not a date. It's that is a dates.
2: There's, there's so many yeah. dates in January.
1: They're like, technically, we just made it plural. So yeah. suck it. <laughs> The one I'm really excited about, uh, Firewatch is coming to the Nintendo Switch on December 17th. I think Firewatch is amazing. I absolutely love that game. Uh, is uh, it? Campo Santo is pretty
0: sweet. What? <clears throat> Did Firewatch come out last year? On? Firewatch came out two to three Some years ago. ago. I think it was yeah. three years ago. Okay, because I know yeah. somebody... I, when I was, looking, I was looking at the Game Awards nominees from the past, and I think somebody was nominated for Best Performance somebody from firewatch
2: oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised came out in 2016
0: okay so it must have been that year that whoever that person was nominated just something i was like oh Firewatch.
1: yeah and now campo santo is working on i think it's called in the valley of the gods oh
0: yeah is that the egypt one
1: yeah yeah it's about uh like archaeology in egypt yeah, I think that looks my really my cool.
0: best friend, one of my best friends, she's super into that. So I was like, "Hey, look at this! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Firewatch is coming to switch to December seventeenth. Get ready!" Uh, so for more new stuff, we've got Super Evil Megacorp. That's an interesting That's a game name. To call company. Yeah. <laughs> is launching Vainglory 4.0 on PC and making plans for cross-platform play. And Path of Exile's PS4 release has been pushed back to February 2019. Okay, so the real reason that I say this is like the trash pile is because this is like where the worst news comes So it's like, Path of Exile, if you're excited about it, fuck you. It's delayed. It's coming (laughs) in February 2019. You should hate this segment of our podcast.
0: But Guacamole 2 coming to Switch is good news. I know.
1: That is, but the fact that they say dates and then they give me a month really pisses me off. (laughs) So it goes in the new stuff. I don't
2: (laughs) think so. Uh, Have either of you played Path of Exile?
1: No, huh? nope. I just like skip past it really quick. I think it looks really cool, though.
2: Have you ever played Diablo? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Uh, who hasn't What's... played
1: Diablo?
0: I know. Man?
2: What's your favorite Diablo out of 1, 2, and 3?
0: I've only played 3.
2: What the? Get <laughs> out! Get out! <laughs> what is wrong with you? I... That's the worst one of the three.
0: I mean, i watched my friend yeah. play a lot of 2. 2 is the best,
2: and Path of Exile is basically better version of 2. Play Path of Exile. It's good.
1: Or you could play Diablo Immortal
2: easily. You the best could just the <laughs> throw your phone in the toilet. <laughs>
1: we all have smartphones, right?
2: Everybody has them.
1: <laughs> that was an awesome moment in video games history. Definitely, a I'd lot rather of be bags.
0: able to play uh, the thing. Diablo game on my uh, Nokia. <laughs> your flip phone, yeah? Not, no, not my flip phone. Just the... yeah, Nokia's put
1: out smartphones. The no- Nokia lumina I had one for a while. No, I'm talking about I'm like tell you right I'm now, talking about pieces
0: of shit. I'm talking about the brick, the old Nokia's phones, like the big ass that brick. had like Snake and like Arkanoid on them, or whatever random name they called it. <laughs>
1: sure. Yeah, you'd rather. Are you saying you'd rather play uh, Diablo no, Mobile I'm on that, put, No, I'm saying put. No, I'm saying put it on that. that? i mean because everybody's got one of those right yeah
0: (laughs) but honestly that would be pretty impressive (laughs) and it would still get more players i mean what
1: (laughs) did you see uh i i forget necessarily the system it was on but uh sean murray a while ago tweeted out that he got no man's sky running on like i think it was a commodore 64 or something like that what Yeah, he got it on, like, this super old PC, or I think it was a Commodore 64.
0: It was weird. How is that even possible? Unless he, like, gutted the inside and...
1: Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I I don't know how they did it. I just remember seeing a news story about it a while ago. I mean, there's there's always those weird-ass news stories where games get ported, or, like, somebody works on, like, a console port for, like, the Commodore 64 of, like, fucking Skyrim and shit. Yeah, guys, I'm
0: gonna go play uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 on my uh, Game Boy Advance. (laughs)
1: i would shit my pants that'd be amazing get that sp that backlight so you don't have to use that stupid ass like plug-in light that eats batteries yeah i love the sp so much and then there was the game boy pocket that's like
0: really tiny no No, you're talking about the micro
1: yeah yeah the game boy uh, the pocket was
0: a different thing
1: yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, the Game Boy Micro, that was like basically this stick of a gun, like the pack of gum. It was like you couldn't game. even
0: do a link cable with that. And it only played Still Game cool. Boy Advance games.
1: Still cool, Errol. <laughs> Still cool. I could play my Pokemon Emerald on it. For some reason, they won't remaster it, so I might as they well just play it on it, that.
0: just nobody liked it. <laughs>
1: That's bullshit. They didn't remaster that freaking game. They did Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby, and I
0: hate And it. they half-assed it.
1: Yeah, give me freaking Rayquaza. I don't want these
0: freaking Kylo Rayquaza is in the end? Did you Stupid. play Omega Ruby?
1: No, I did. I'm just saying I want it to be specifically about Rayquaza. I want him to be on the It the, was
0: the post-game. Wa- oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I want him to be on the cartridge. That's my issue, Errol. <laughs> if you didn't notice, I'm very vain when it comes to games. Uh, so it's time to move on to our next segment. This is God bless the crowd. This is where uh, Josh, specifically, because I don't understand how crowdfunding sites work, uh, <laughs> he goes through different crowdfunding sites and finds some sweet games uh, that we want to talk about on the podcast. Uh, of course, there are a shitload of crowdfunding sites. Apparently, there's like Fig, which is definitely something that you eat. Um, and then it's not we've got site for figures. Yeah. I'm, oh shit. <laughs> I just realized that that's why it's called Fig Trailer. is because it's on the fucking website. God damn it. I got my hopes up for nothing. So, on today's uh, God Bless the Crowd segment, we've got Freya and the <clears throat> False Prophecy, and we've got the hero of Death Trap Dungeon. I personally think Freya and the, fo- uh, and the False Prophecy looks amazing. I've actually been following the development of it on Twitter for quite a while. It's a uh, 2D Norse platforming game. I think it looks fantastic. Uh it's it definitely has kind of an interesting goal, I would say. Uh, well, not really. It's it's twenty two k, which is better than asking for a hundred thousand, I guess. Or um, a it's couple It's got one hundred and seventy three backers at the moment. Yeah, uh, it's got one hundred and seventy three backers at the moment. Twenty six days to go. I would honestly say that I bet it gets funded, which is, I mean, I don't know. Would you guys disagree with that? Do you think with twenty six days it can make? a decent chunk of money that oh, it there's can plenty make time. There's
2: plenty yeah. time with
0: with how popular norse mythology and video games is right now i think it probably could
2: yeah they just gotta That's say fair fair. horizon zero dawn 2d
0: without the robots and then they'll make all i was gonna i was gonna say god of war but
1: okay nope horizon zero dawn <laughs> 2d without the robots is a much more apt <laughs> comparison <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I have to commend them. They've got some awesome, like, uh, bonuses to backing their game. Like, their they're biggest uh, one that they still have available... Yeah, yeah. So the biggest one that they have all together is five hundred dollars or more, um, and is the ultimate bundle, which gets you a bunch of really cool stuff. But it actually gets you four copies of the game, which is really cool. You get two T-shirts, yeah, some physical shit. Thank you very much. You get posters. You've got tote bags that I'm sh- I'm sure are probably gonna be not nylon. nylon. They'll be at <laughs> least canvas. You know what I mean? No, they won't. Um, you <laughs> get postcards, flash drives. These guys give you cool shit, and that's for $500. Normally, they're like, hey, you want a t-shirt? Give me $5,000 and make my fucking game, and you can have a t-shirt. That's what you get.
2: You're so salty about those rewards. The
1: <laughs> Some are so dumb.
2: <laughs> the game does hey. look really cool, though. I, I definitely... It looks interesting. I, I'm wondering battle like the actual fighting mechanics look a little clunky at times so i'm not i'm not sure but i haven't played the demo so i can't really say um just from looking at it it looks like it but maybe it feels you know like that weight to it actually will make sense with the character um but it looks like it has a lot of depth to it um and i think yeah where was it i think there was something about a story based line in this of you having actually like dialogue choices or maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing this with another but there's a lot to it I like the fact that it has its own skill tree the fact that it's not just you know a random like 2d just hack and slash in there there's actual parts to it um, it does remind me a lot of God of War um, now that you've mentioned it though with a lot of the, <laughs> the abilities but I'm still gonna stick with horizon zero dawn 2d without robots
0: so my whole thing with this it looks good but to be honest I'm kind of tired of Like, North North, uh, Norse I can't talk. (laughs) Norse
1: mythology.
0: Yeah, you know it's kind of like after, like we had it wasn't just God of War. There were like, there were a couple other big games based around it. Like, uh, I can't. Of course, I can't even think. (laughs) There's so many. There's
2: not that many out there. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Well, it's okay. We got a new one.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like once God of War did it, it it's like okay, everybody can go home. Let's do a different mythology now it's like yeah assassin's creed
1: odyssey did greek mythology
0: well see my (laughs) whole thing is it's always like greek or norse or well now we're getting a little more like sometimes there's there's egyptian um i like i've played some indie games like have you guys heard of mulaka
1: yeah i've heard of it i i've seen it on like a couple different things but i've never played it
0: so mulaka is a 3d platformer um and it uses the myths and legends of the Terra Tarahumara tribe, which is an indigenous tribe in northern Mexico. And there, and the thing is, all their stuff, all their stories and myths and legends were passed down orally. They didn't have stuff written down. There wasn't actually that much art they could go off of to develop this game. So this game is kind of. The, so the game is kind of. Um, a, a way of preserving that culture and i like when like lesser known mythologies and cultures are represented in games instead of the same thing over and over you know what i mean
2: geez arrow way to shit all over the games i'm picking
1: yeah right <laughs> no no <laughs> what are you gonna say about
2: the hero of death trap Dun- or death trap dungeon huh too many dungeons yes <laughs> I don't... Too much paper. No I, no, I actually I've never heard about this, but that's actually really cool. I like the concept of like preserving history through a game. Uh, yeah, where there's not. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's that's like an amazing concept. But not everyone's gonna be able to do that. Like that's a yeah that's a big no, endeavor. <laughs> no,
0: I no I, I get that. Um, I just like it, it would be nice to see a little more variety, mm. you know, because I feel like I feel like Greek. Uh, like I said, Greek, uh, Norse and Egyptians are the ones we kind of seen the most.
1: That's true. <laughs> They're quite, a, quite often. Do we actually see that? I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of like smaller bits of mythology and I feel, and well, now that I think about it, the reason we probably see that so often is cause they pay off. Like people know about that yeah. mythology. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like so easily recognizable. See, but- of course
0: what i loved what i would love is if somebody based a game off of the earlier parts of assassin's creed 3 that had to do with like native american mythology because i think that would be so cool
1: oh but instead you get to play as a whiny bitch who like basically (laughs) kills himself in the end
0: (laughs) i watched my my roommate of the time play that game i i but but after the after the uh yeah after the beginning part i was out
1: <laughs> freaking connor's a dill hole uh so on to the other game uh the hero of deathrap dungeon this looks actually really cool it's a modern role-playing video game with old pen and paper feel um so i i mean i've only seen a little bit about this game but it kind of reminds me of like knights of pen and knights of pen and paper mm-hmm. i think is what the game's called. Uh, yeah, enter the world's deadliest competition. You've got 30 days to conquer a labyrinth designed to kill you, filled with monsters, traps, and ruthless competitors. Um I mean, it definitely looks awesome. Being a fan of just Dungeons and Dragons in general, I think this looks awesome. Um, it's, it's one of those like really high goals. It's, it's got a $200,000 goal, but it's already 64% there. And it still has 13 days to go. It's got $129,000, uh, a little bit over that. That's really awesome. I, I don't know. Does it feel like, uh, most games should just go on fig.co. Cause apparently like it, you just actually get your goals. Like the last well, game we <laughs> saw on here was soundfall and it did really well.
2: <laughs> would you say it it did a a banger of a job? Huh?
1: You know what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You, you got me. I'm just gonna bend on this and say yeah. It's <laughs> ah, a banger of a job. Bend until he
2: snaps. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so, uh, kind of a comment on that. One of the things about Fig though is like not just everyone gets to throw their game into here like Kickstarter can. It seems like there's a much more stringent process with Fig. Because if you look, Fig at any given time only has like one or two games that are currently going on at the time. They have a lot of like older campaigns, but I haven't seen them do continuous like a number of games all at the same time. And it's also based a little bit differently because with Fig, instead of like Kickstarter where it's just everyone (laughs) throws all their money at it. With Fig, there's the concept of being an investor. And with an investor, you're basically paying like a big portion of the money. Like I think you have to throw down like a thousand dollars for every share of the game. But you make your money back if people start buying it because you're basically invested and you get a percentage of the profit. So it's like
1: Yeah, it's like how a standard investment works.
2: Yeah, it's a much different model for uh you know this type of thing so they're not going to have this for just any game that comes out
1: yeah that definitely i mean it you make a great point and also uh this uh this death trap dungeon it's got some sweet stuff uh you got that physical art book you get (laughs) uh, a physical map A boxed collector's copy? I mean, Josh. What about a figure, though? $750 worth of shipping.
0: What what about a figure,
1: though? Nah, dude. Nope. Oh, but I do get to design an in-game quest.
0: Oh, your favorite!
1: Fucking
2: assholes. Your favorite! Don't you just want to do it? You should probably give that money right now. You should probably start. Just put your credit card right in there. Right now. I
1: feel like one day, like, indie developers are going to, like, listen to this portion of the podcast and be like, hey, that's a nice thing to do. We're (laughs) letting you help us develop this game. They're like, no, stop making me do your fucking job. (laughs) Develop your own damn game. I'm not going to pay you 750 bucks."
0: So I'm not, I'm kind of confused on this game. So it's like a, it's like text-based or? It like, it's a mix. It seems to be
1: like, if you're, yeah, it seems to be, uh similar to playing dungeons and dragons but in a game
2: mm. yeah kind of
0: a thing so you don't have to buy all the books for something
2: yeah you're buying the books they're all in the computer
0: yeah no but <laughs> oh, like yeah. you know yeah.
2: yeah 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 no it's it's basically like um uh you're you're going to go in there and a lot of it is text based cuz it's all like as if you're going through a map and you're mm-hmm. clicking through the yeah. map and you get different uh... choices to go to. It looks like for battle, there's like you get a picture of you and the enemy and you get different choices on what you can do. And there's probably going to be like some basic animations of like, you know, the characters kind of like bobbing around up and down. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's going to be limited animation, but more of like you go to this different room and it has either like a quest or some kind of puzzle or a battle. And
0: will it be like multiplayer in this and i mean like Uh, i do
2: not think so based on how this uh is set up it looks like it's more of a single player just run through it oh Um, because
0: i would rather want to play this with other people either in the room or you know online (laughs) or something (laughs) like a dungeons and dragons and i see here that the actual the the son of the dungeons and dragons co-creator is actually connected to this game so that's.
1: I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, it
0: says, um, Sentient Play teaming up with usual suspects, game industry talent, and the unexpected, like Alex Gygax, son of Dungeons & Dragons co-creator, Gary Gygax.
1: Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I actually hadn't seen that. Yeah, I definitely see where the confusion might have come from because it says, like, and ruthless competitors. So initially when I read that, I was like, wait, does that mean there's multiplayer But, yeah, it definitely seems like it's just a straight-up, like, kind of text adventure-based game. Similar to, like, did you ever, uh, did you play Pillars of Eternity? Uh,
0: I never got to play it, but I know plenty about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, the every now and then, like, with, uh, pillars of eternity you have uh points in time where you get to make like basically just choices it's not like it goes from being an isometric rpg to being like basically the pages of a book and it's like hey the literally like in the beginning this this uh storm is coming and it's like hey what are you gonna do are you going to like help this guy are you gonna climb up this like tower and stuff and based on the the stats that your character has um it's, if you guys have ever played Dungeons and Dragons before, it's the exact same concept. But I think this uh, actually looks really cool because in combat, it has like different things. Um, so normally, games based on like standard role playing games like Pillars of Eternity or uh, like uh, Torment Tides of Numenera and stuff like that, they normally are just like, oh, yeah, you shoot that guy kind of a thing. It's, it goes pretty quickly or it's turn based combat. But in this, i um, like how josh described it's very little animation but you actually um have like cool you normally don't get like environmental stuff and you actually in in their battle you can interact with the environment which i think is cool so it's like environmental you can climb or throw um attack you can swing or lunge and defend you can parry or dodge i think that's really cool because most games you don't get those choices it's just something that the game does on its own
0: so,
2: yeah. that's really cool to And me. just to confirm, uh, halfway through in the text, it does say, in this single-player uh, single role-playing game. So,
0: see, I, don't, threw oh, me I don't like that. <laughs> Once again,
2: Errol's shitting all over my games.
0: <laughs> no, I, it's a good idea, but the lack of multiplayer, I think, might... is what just doesn't do it for me. I, I I don't know why would why they would keep that out when that's a big part of like tabletop role playing games. Is this is obviously based off of
2: I mean it isn't it isn't. Like this reminds me a lot of, you know, it has that D&D element, but it also, <laughs> also reminds me of the old school text-based <coughs> adventures. yeah and I think that's, that's true. the the, you know, envi- not environment, but the audience they're trying to cater to. Okay. Um, and I definitely like this is definitely one of the kind of games that I would want to play where it's just like me chilling out and just, you know, just alone listening to music and just kind of going through the dungeon trying to figure out shit. Um, I definitely think there's there's an audience for this, but it's not like if you're going into this thinking like, oh, it's D&D, like you're obviously going to be yeah, a little bit upset. A little because, disappointed. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I think it's about time we move on to kind of our our last segment of the podcast. This is the indie games release schedule. This is where we uh, basically thumb through all the indie games that are coming out in the week of recording. So, this is uh, between December 2nd and December 8th. Uh, These are all the games coming out. I have actually, I separated the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita um, because not all games are actually cross by. so... Of course, I just put them separately. Uh, And this is also not a complete list. There are, of course, games that I will not have had on here. And some of these games definitely will. Most of these games will have come out by the time that you will listen to this podcast. But this will help you uh, thumb through and find the indie games on the marketplaces and stuff like that. Um, So for the first category, we're going over to multiple in this game. Oh, my God, guys. It's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is getting that sweet, sweet physical copy. Uh, This is coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, Tuesday, December 4th. Wait. Uh, We've got... Didn't it already
0: get a physical copy, though? I thought it did.
1: No. uh, We had reported on it, I think, when you were recently on the podcast. It was digital, and they announced a physical copy, but the physical copies are just now coming out. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm definitely going to be picking up that guy. Uh, This next one actually also has a physical copy. Isn't that sweet, Josh? Uh, oh, it's it. Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom is coming to PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch on Tuesday, December. 4th. Looks really good. It does, yeah. If you're a fan of like the the remaster, the remake, Wonder of, Boy uh, and the
0: Dragon's Trap, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like a spiritual successor to it. Uh, we had actually, I think we talked about this getting delayed a little while yeah. ago, but it's finally out. I'm super excited about it. Um of course, this is what Errol talked about earlier. We've got Override, Mech City Brawl coming to PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and Windows PC on Tuesday. It does have a
0: physical copy, and I believe the physical copy you can get, you do get extra stuff like uh certain skins for each mech. And uh... Oh
1: shit, Errol. Errol, you're gonna have a physical copy god damn it literally the first four one two three four titles uh, actually get physical copies I'm gonna be spending some money guys cause the next one is Subnautica coming to Playstation 4 and Xbox One uh, on Tuesday December 4th Super Life of Pixel comes to Playstation 4 and Playstation Vita on Tuesday December 4th Energy Cycle Edge comes to Playstation 4, Xbox One Switch and Vita on Wednesday December 4th Now moving on to just the PlayStation Vita. Uh, We've got Emerald Shores coming to PlayStation Vita on Tuesday, December 4th. Now moving on to PS4. We've got Battle Princess Madeline coming to PS4 Tuesday, December 4th. Um, Okay, so I will warn you guys. Battle Princess Madeline is probably the most annoying game ever when it comes to release (laughs) dates. Yeah. Because I, I looked it up before they had announced that it was coming out on the 6th and it said the 20th. And then they're like, just kidding, it's coming out on the 6th. And literally, on the PlayStation 4, it comes out on the 4th. The Xbox One, it comes out on the 5th. And the PC, it comes out on the 6th. And I think it might, if it comes out on the Switch, yeah, it's on the 6th. So that's probably the most annoying thing that's on this list today. (laughs) It just really bothered me. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why, because it's annoying. Uh, so, uh, next title is uh, Betty Bat's Treasure Hunt, which, of course, is like what you talked about. It's shovelware, but technically it's an indie game, I guess, so whatever. Uh, it's coming to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, December 4th. It does not so look very good. <laughs> yeah, it looks like huge butthole, but I guess it's got an easy <laughs> platinum. So, that's good, I guess. Uh, we've got Escape Game Aloha coming to PS4 Tuesday, December 4th. Oh, my God. Uh, let me what, take a stab
0: at I, this. Yeah, you uh, go for it. What uh, do you think that game's name Monica is? Monica Garda Dos Coelhos.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm going to say bad. that's what it is. <laughs> it's coming to PlayStation 4 Tuesday, December 4th. We've got Prison Boss VR coming to PS4 Tuesday, December 4th. Astrology and Horoscope Premium coming Ooh, to that PS4. Like a good one i know right (laughs) it's just like those uh palm reading premium ones that come out every now and then you're like yeah you gotta wonder who's buying those uh that one is coming to ps4 tuesday i am i am a gemini
0: it's okay i can say that
1: (laughs) i'm a virgo Yeah. nope okay uh it's coming to playstation 4 thursday december 6th Gun. Guns and Stories Bulletproof VR is coming to PlayStation 4 Friday, December 7th. Now moving on to Xbox One. Battle Princess Madeline is coming to Xbox One Wednesday, December 5th. Uh, we've got On a Roll 3D is coming to Xbox One Friday, December 7th. Now moving on to a gargantuan list of Switch games. No, just kidding. There's actually not that many. Uh, we've got demetrius the big cynical adventure comes to switch monday december 3rd battle princess madeline comes to switch thursday december 6th beholder complete edition comes to switch thursday december 6th color zen switch uh color zen yeah that's the name is coming to nintendo switch thursday december 6th conduct together is coming to switch thursday december 6th long story a dating game for the real world Okay, it's coming to Switch Thursday, December sixth. There is one more and... for
0: Switch. It's that. What's that name? It's a, it's an indie. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. It's this fighting game. It's coming out on Friday. Uh, I forgot the uh... name. Switch Ultra Infinity. Ultra Switch Fighter.
1: Uh, I think you got it. Yeah, it's Ultimate? Ultra Switch Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> definitely doesn't have uh kirby in it or you know what also doesn't have in it the grinch so it definitely
0: doesn't have the grinch in it (laughs)
1: okay just a real tangent since we're in the middle of this and because naturally i need to go on a tangent it really annoys me how many people thought the grinch theory had something to do with the grinch being in smash
0: I'm like, I did think that originally. Punch yourself yeah. in the
1: dick. Really? No. Yeah. It was like this whole elaborate plan about the marketing team also working working on the Grinch movies marketing, and then everybody's like, Tim Gettys thinks the Grinch is gonna be in the Nintendo's in in the new Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I'm like, That's not what he said. Just punch yourself, <laughs> please. Yeah. Right. It's like just listen to the. That being five said, hours he talks if the it.
0: Grinch was in Smash, I'd be okay with it.
1: Yeah, he and Max. He just like throws Max at people. He doesn't even do anything himself.
0: He's like, <laughs> like, Pokemon, like Pokemon trainer, Pokemon but trainer. Max is the yeah,
1: fight. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so moving on to the Windows PC release games. Oh, uh, we've got Above the Fold comes to Windows PC Monday, December third. Gurdy comes to PC Monday, December third. War of Rights, which is a civil war game. It apparently it's getting good reviews. I I don't know why. I decided to say that uh it's coming to pc monday december 3rd whimsical quest is coming to pc monday december 3rd aeon of sands the trial no the is trail. Coming to pc fuck <laughs> damn it it is it is the trail it's coming to pc tuesday december 4th i hate this so much uh block pooper 9 the fact that this I really hope that this is one of those, like, oh, you take three pigs and you, you like, or two pigs and you put one and three on it so everybody's looking for the second one. I really hope there's not nine of these fucking. Yeah, there's There's no other.
2: Yeah. I just went to try to look and there's no other block pooper. (laughs) They just started with nine. Unless I can't find it. They're really deciding
1: to fuck with people. Either that or it's on those weird sites like you were talking about, like battle, or what is it, playgrounds? all eight of them are on playgrounds and then there's one on steam (laughs) Uh, that is coming to pc tuesday december 4th roguelite which is generally a genre but this time it's a game apparently is coming to pc tuesday december 4th terminal conflict is coming to pc tuesday december 4th beholder 2 is coming to pc tuesday december 4th grapple force reina is coming to pc tuesday december 4th override mech city brawl is coming to pc tuesday december 4th desert kill is coming to pc wednesday december 5th edge of eternity is coming to pc wednesday december 5th gizmo is coming to pc wednesday december 5th M- i'm gonna say X, but Mucine- i do not think that's I think actually it's, I think what it's
0: that is like music and sync. Mm.
1: so mucinex is coming to pc wednesday (laughs) december 5th trifold or twinfold (laughs) Uh, twinfold is coming to pc wednesday december 5th battle princess madeline is coming to pc thursday december 6th uh bryquid yeah you cool with that you you do the Briquid? brickwood okay let's go like liquid
2: yeah like liquid but with
1: but with a brita filter uh is coming to pc thursday december 6th uh moon base is coming to pc when or friday is december that a 7th. game
0: about cats in space on the moon yeah it is yes yeah it is oh really? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's about (laughs) cats in space. Wow, okay. Why are there so many cat games? Like last week we talked about Cat Tales, the cat RPG.
2: People love cats. That's
1: That's so true. (laughs) We've got Darwin's Test uh, coming to PC Friday, December 7th. Guilds of Delinar is coming to PC Friday, December 7th. Just kidding. Uh, Yeah, it's the 7th. Uh, Iris.Fall. I think it says into... iris
0: fall. Just See, I would normally think there. so, but
1: there's dot hack, and it's. Oh,
0: that's yeah, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I guess you also don't say scamp colon no, it's... high fat high hat. Uh,
2: have it. Fuck. It's definitely <laughs> it's, it's definitely iris dot fall.
1: Suck it, Errol. Is coming to PC Friday, December 7th. Scamp Hi-Hat Havoc is coming to PC Friday, December 7th. Stickman World is coming to PC Friday, December 7th. And the last game on the list, now that I'm
0: completely out of breath. I have something after that, though. Okie
1: dokie, sounds good <laughs> oh you do that's awesome uh hunter's trial the fight never ends is coming to windows pc saturday december 8th so what you got from so, here? so mobile last suck. time
0: i was on i talked about a little game called kaiju big battle fight Fy- phyto fantasy so that yeah, is now available awesome. on android not through google play at the moment for some reason um but through the amazon app store so if you That's like kind of if you like kaiju and like Super Nintendo style RPGs and lighthearted humor and mobile games, try it out.
1: I mean, you had to throw in mobile games, so I think most people are going to find that a hard bracket to go into, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll stay away.
1: Um so traditionally, oh, yeah, we got to pick out our games. So what games would you guys be likely uh, to just give a shout-out to or anything like that? Obviously, uh, <laughs> Errol has already played Override Mech City Brawl, but what games do you guys pick out here, huh?
2: Errol's a big fan of Block Pooper as well, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Block Monster Pooper Boy, 9, he's been I a
0: huge said, fan of the series. I said Monster Boy but earlier. I Yeah, me too. I've been trying to follow this game, and i haven't i i want to pick it up when i can because i think it's been reviewing well i've i haven't heard anything bad about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) the interesting thing about monster boy as opposed to uh as opposed to wonder boy and the dragon's trap is in wonder boy and the dragon's trap you are turned into different creatures because you're cursed um and, it, like, you you basically get to new bosses, you beat them, and then you get turned into a different new creature, and you have to backtrack to get into new areas. So first you start out as Wonder Boy, then you go to Lizard Man, then you go to the Mouse Man, and then you just kind of switch. But it seems like in Monster Boy and the Curse Kingdom, you can actually switch on the fly. So uh, there's, like, a, a snake, a pig, a lion, yeah. um, and stuff like that. I think that's so cool, and something I do have to say about Monster Boy. Now that I'm gushing, it has one of the coolest animated trailers I've seen in a it long time. It reminded me.
0: It reminded me of like uh, like the well the lyrics at least the the song that was in it. It reminded me of like a of like a four kids dub, like a, a song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That it, it reminds me a lot of the like four kids anime. It reminds me of like Sonic X. Sonic X Wii or way. like the
0: like Shaman King or something. Like the, the Shaman
1: the, King is some good shit. The dude. openings. I
0: love Shaman King so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally right. Yeah. And of course, you guys already know, I'm I'm out for this the Hellblade Senua Sacrifice Monster Boy. Now that I know that Override is physical, definitely gonna have to do that too. And Subnautica, obviously.
2: Nobody did. Of course, of course.
1: <laughs> what game are you thinking about uh, that you want to give a quick shout out to, uh, Josh? Uh,
2: so mine, actually, I was looking over the list. I think uh, Super Life of Pixel is definitely my choice. It looks really interesting. It's a it's a very basic like platformer style game of you being a little cube and you're like jumping around. But the nice thing that they do is they it's like a homage to just a ton of older games. So each there's like a hundred levels and as you're playing in the little cube it like changes and you can see there's like little call outs to all the games from like, you know, back in the eighties all the way up to, to more recent ones. And you could tell like there's like a minecart that is very, very similar to the minecart level in Mega Man X. Um and then there's ones that look very similar to like a Castlevania style um, so it, it looks like it goes through like very older games, Game Boy games to more recent, you know, PS1 <laughs> games. So it just it, it looks really cool. It reminds me a lot of um, oh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but there was a there was a game back in the day that they did. Um, it's kind of like an adventure RPG where as you played the game, it progressed through. The different era of video games so you would like start off with 8-bit go to 16-bit and like it would keep increasing um so it, it has that same appeal i don't remember the name of the game Do that you guys sounds know familiar i, I don't know about?
0: the name but it, i've heard of that before
2: yeah it's uh, something like some evolution game or something like that
1: yeah the thing i find coolest about the life of pixel how you're talking about how it goes through like it, it plays uh It pays homage to uh, different, like, games itself. I think it's really cool that you actually get to choose what console you're on. So it's like, I mean, not console you're on, like, literally. I'm not playing it on PS4. But it's like, oh, the Game Boy Color, the Commodore 64, the NES, the SNES. I think that's so cool. I've never really seen that in a game before. And it also kind of, like, it teaches you what game, like what game system it's from kind of a thing like you you actually i don't know it might be a way to grow to love a game system that you didn't care about before right kind of a thing and and you actually know what system this game like that it's riffing off of is from because it's like oh yeah you go to the nes and you go into an nes world and you play an nes game i think that's really cool
2: yeah and so the game i was thinking about is it's called evoland um, and it's it's a really good game uh, to check out just for the whole concept of a game evolving with you as you progress through the story. So you go from a 2D game all the way to a 3D game, and it, it goes through each era of the different bit style. Um, it's a really cool game, and it, it also pays you know homage to other games before it. Like, you go through basically a Zelda ripoff, a Final Fantasy ripoff, so to speak. And it's very interesting. So that's, that's why I would pick the... Um, this super life of pixel is just because it does that same concept of playing off of the different styles of genres that are out there
1: i actually have evoland in my steam wish list no big deal i had, didn't buy it but i have it there
0: because there's never <laughs> physical
1: <laughs> yeah that's true and it's not on consoles yet so let's get on it at least i don't think it is <laughs> uh, I don't so, think so. Yeah, I I don't think it is. Um. So now we're going to move on to our last little bit of the podcast. So normally I would ask you guys if you thought this was a banger or not. But <sighs> instead of doing that, uh, I'm does. actually going to ask you guys a question uh, so our audience gets to know a little bit more about us. And, uh, of course, I'm going to tell you guys my answer as well to give you a little bit of time to come up with it. So last week I asked uh, what people's like weirdest fears were. This week, I'm gonna ask you guys what you guys' favorite movie genre is. So mine specifically, and it's kind of weird, I guess. Um, and you can get as specific about this as you want, I guess, if you really want to. But I like romance movies. I'm a really big fan of romance. Um, even though, if you ask my girlfriend, yeah, I'm really not a romantic person. (laughs) I'm just not at all. You just you just watch the thing. You're
0: just like why can't i be like that and he was like <laughs> you should and you're just like and you're just like nah, uh, that's, too much <laughs> yeah. work.
1: that's my life yeah yeah there's uh one of my favorite movies is uh is about time with domino gleason and it's about how like the men in his family have the ability to travel back in time um and he uses it to like fall in love it's it's a really good movie. Like, Rachel McAdams is in it, and, and so is uh, Margot Robbie for a little bit. It's a great movie. I'd recommend watching it. Um, there's also, like, What If is a really good movie. It's got Daniel Radcliffe in it. I didn't actually know how much I liked Daniel Radcliffe as an actor until he made more movies than just Harry Potter, and I really started to like him.
0: <laughs>
1: have you, I do have, like the Harry Potter you seen, movies.
0: Have seen, like, but... Horns? I liked that movie he yeah. was in.
1: Yeah, I've seen Horns. It's really interesting. Uh, The marketing for it was a little weird. I thought it was going to be a little bit different than it was, but yeah. Apparently the
0: book is like, there's like way more stuff in it, because obviously. Yeah, I believe it. The movie movie seems a
1: little rushed. So yeah, right? So what would you guys say is your favorite movie genre? And then if you want to, you can elaborate with a movie in that genre that you really like
2: uh okay I guess I'll go mine's gonna be kind of a (laughs) cop-out I don't really watch movies much I'm not really much of a movie person so to speak um I guess just comedy
1: I like like die hard (laughs) I like no
2: I, I just like general comedies um usually when I'm like watching stuff it's just for like the comedic like purpose of turning my brain off
0: and just so you're a jokes. big fan of daddy's home no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah man no daddy's
1: good. home too actually
2: <laughs> it's good uh Guys. No, I, don't, I don't know that and like really like weird trippy movies like um what's that one uh i can't remember it's like becoming ah oh, jeez i can't remember the name of it but just like really strange
0: movies. becoming john malkovich yes that's Being exactly malkovich. it Yes, Being becoming John Malkovich, John something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. How did you pull that out of thin air? I've you never said even the word seen becoming. that.
0: I've just heard the movie. Oh, <laughs> like man. I've seen the title before. I
2: would recommend it. It's so strange. <laughs> it literally is just becoming John Malkovich. It's that's what it's about. Just interesting. Just watch it. It's like this. <laughs> in the ground that people find and they like go in there and then they're able to become john malkovich for like a, a limited amount of time and then after it's done they like fall from the sky and then you have to go back there like i don't know it's so strange
1: uh definitely my favorite movie has to be uh rubber <coughs> oh god it. yeah <laughs> what, a, what a bad movie
0: <laughs> oh my god i remember watching that in college and we were like what is this <laughs> Why? it's so
1: awesome yeah, <laughs> it's a so... horror movie where the the antagonist is a fucking tire
0: a tire <laughs> like heart... with psychic powers where
2: it just like <laughs> jiggles and <laughs> things just start blowing up i was like what is happening
1: so awesome what's uh what's your favorite movie genre errol
0: uh see uh, uh is that really a I i don't know if that's a genre Um, see
1: that's why i said that you could get as specific as you wanted so So if you said big robots fighting mutants i'd be like all right
0: (laughs) yeah that like like well it would be called tokuzatsu and and that would be it would be in sci-fi well because it would count you know it would count pacific rim godzilla other stuff like that um but i wouldn't i don't know i think i prefer like animated movies though and of course, a Pacific Rim anime is coming to Netflix soon, so I'm excited for that. And also, Evangelion coming to Netflix, and I've never seen it.
1: Yeah, me neither. I'm so excited to watch it. E-Face was, like, losing his shit over it. Apparently he really likes it, Yeah, it's so
0: cool. Yeah, Jason was telling me, like, like, are you serious? You, you've never seen it? And I was like, I saw it in, like, the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, usually I'm into mostly sci-fi or, like, animated. I really do like animated movies although recently i'm kind of more into anime than western animation because a lot of western animations is more like more of that cg and not yeah, the not,
1: weird ass like 3d not stuff. the
0: hand-drawn style except for i gotta say into the spider-verse looks dope
1: yeah i know exactly what you're talking about like how uh they like put out the second season of berserk and it's that weird ass like
0: oh, 3d that's, animation that's, style. no that's not even 'Cause here's the thing about Berserk oh, don't even get me started with the <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> so that, that, that new series is terrible, but the movies they did before, which was like this weird blend of CG and and like and, like traditional animation. And hand
1: drawn animation? It, yeah, the the egg of the king and stuff like that. It
0: looked so much it looked cool. And then and then they craft out the the new series and Oh jeez. <laughs>
1: So, I will say something. This is just a weird tangent at the end of the podcast. Have you watched Goblin Slayer? Have either of you guys?
0: I've heard about it.
1: It's a really fucked up anime. Yeah. You should definitely. No, I've been not watching, watching
0: Grin Man because giant kaiju fighting stuff
1: yeah Grimman looks really interesting as well but um it, it, since we're talking about the, the weird like 3d stuff in goblin slayer the only person who's ever displayed in 3d in that weird way is goblin slayer at times when he moves or in combat every other time he's hand drawn and all the other characters are it's fucking weird this, and it really bothers yeah, me
0: i'll tell you what bothers you guys see the the dragon ball super broly trailer where like it's CG for that one part and it looks weird
1: <laughs> nope you guys yeah, don't know I what know. I'm talking about <laughs> no I'm not a big DBZ fan but I, that's it's not DBZ right. it's
0: Dragon Ball Super now <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you guys for the answers to that I'm glad that our, our wait hold on uh, can I answer last
0: week's question too yeah what's <laughs> your like, weirdest fear Uh, Bette Midler from Hocus Pocus what uh, the fuck? Right. <laughs> so, have you That's seen Hocus Pocus? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you know the the red haired witch. Yeah. Yeah. She looks creepy. That. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that. You're like, I'm scared of gingers in general, but the few that have supernatural powers is just really no. It's not that.
0: like something I'm afraid of now. It's just like more of a joke thing because when I was a kid, it she did scare me. Like her role in that scared me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it makes sense. She looks really creepy. Gollum used to scare the shit out of me. No joke. Like I would hide I my did. face and now I'm d- Yeah, I don't know why. It just scared the crap out of me. And the movie Signs for some reason scared me. Oh, I was when I was little, I was scared
0: movie. of any any uh any movie tra- scary movie trailer that came on TV. And I watched The Simpsons every night when I was younger, so I would like change the channel for a second. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Well, that's about it for episode nine of the Indian Incursion podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys got this far, uh, please leave us a like if you're watching this or listening to this where you can. Uh, leave us a review, or you can reach out to us on on uh, Twitter and such. I am at Hyde Legion. Um, I think Errol is at Errol M. Yep. Correct?
0: That's me. So, nice.
1: And Josh, what is yours? Because I forget. <laughs> <It's>,
2: uh, the <laughs> yeah. Yours is weird. Yeah, the underscore Josh ninety.
1: It's the 90 that gets me. I'm pretty sure I always get the The yours, but I'm like is it 69? I think it is. 4269.
2: <laughs> 420 Blaze <69. laughs> it George. Um
1: <laughs> of course, yeah, you guys could reach out to us on Twitter if you guys would like to talk to us outside of the show. Otherwise, yeah, just check us out on Parallax. Oh, we've and got we also have a bunch of different
0: stuff. We since the Game Awards and the kind of funny game showcase are coming up, we may have some kind of reacts podcast for that later.
1: That's very true. Yeah, I totally forgot about saying anything about that. That's
0: why I did. <laughs> Arrows on it.
1: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Listening. Fuck. Whatever you're doing. <laughs>